can't picture myself being louder than that. Say, hey, dream with me here. <laughs> right. Welcome to Fermented Fiction. Hello. Yeah, we live. Are we right now? One sec. I disagree. Show started. I think we're exactly ready. You know? Hi. Oh, hi. Okay, sorry. Okay. So we're going to start. Was that racist thing you just said, Travis? Travis, are you being racist again? What? No. <laughs> oh, good. Not since. Cancel this guy. <laughs> I'm not. For the record. That's good. Jury's out on that one. I mean, he said he wasn't. Literally he said that otherwise. Checking the recording. Audience says, beg to differ. Boom. <laughs> Have we started? I don't oh, think yeah. so. Yeah, this is all in. Yeah, we're, we're recording right now. Welcome, fermented folks. Because that's our new thing instead of our old thing, which was Hello Humans. I like Fermented Folks. Welcome to the Fermented Folks uh, for another episode of Fermented Fiction. I'm Travis Ramolam, one of the co-hosts. This is Clay Ramolam, another one of the co-hosts. That's true. We're about to see the two hands of Jeremy and Colin. Somewhere. There you go. There's Got one. It. There's a... That's calm. Jeremy went away. I'll give a proxy hand. <laughs> Special guest, what is the cat's name? That's Jojo. Special guest, Jojo. Sir Jojo the Fuzzington. Yes. Listen, I started this episode. I brought us in this time, so we're going to do this a little different. Instead of like oh. doing the whole do do dance of where we're like, oh, are we doing and we're not doing the check-in, we're just gonna check in. So check in. check in. What's the check-in I'm waiting for this situation here. No, just, just let it ride. <laughs> Hi Jojo. Jojo's very much in the show now, which is <laughs> yeah. Um I guess we could stick with the cat theme. Okay. I'm waiting. Okay, I guess we can stick with the cat theme. Um, now, I went my whole life probably laughing at things like this. Laughing at not those random beeps that are coming in the shot. Um, yeah, that was me laughing about those. <laughs> I've been laughing at people who would do things like get a cat therapist. All right? I'm still... But here, I, but here I am. It's something you can laugh at. Um, uh, we have our cat. She's pretty crazy. And uh, been getting us up at like 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 in the morning, on a pretty regular basis. Um, so it's kind of like having a baby. So we were finally like, you know what? I can't. We can't be doing this. So we, we went... We went and we found this uh, this business called the Cat's Pajamas, and it costs in Everett. Let me guess, it's based in Everett. Um, it is not based in Everett, Seattle, I think, but makes even more sense. It was based out of somebody's aunt's house. I think she is the aunt. You know, she more like is the aunt, um, but she's awesome. Okay. Um, she's like a cat trainer and she actually helped do a lot of uh, 
small adjustments that have kind of helped us regulate our manic aging cat. Um, but yeah, some pretty interesting ones. Turns out cats will take medicine if you put it on a towel or a paper towel because they like to lick um, <laughs> surfaces. So she'll actually do that, but she won't eat it in like her wet food or if we put it in a pill or anything. Um, so we're getting some of that and then learn cats go, cats go blind when they're older, so they freak out. And uh, so now we got night lights everywhere. <laughs> we, we got paper towels with like squeeze out cat treats. <laughs> and uh, we're sleeping until 530 in the morning and it's pretty awesome. That's a lot better than three. It is. Um, Makes a huge difference. That's like the greatest humble brag of an old person. That we sleep till 530. Oh, I know you're over 30. 530. <laughs> sleep until 530. Today. Yeah. Luxurious. Things that, like, animals do. Like, you, were, you know Hobo. Hobo and Agnes. So I'm... Hobo is our dog in Montana. Hobo is the farm dog. Agnes is my girlfriend's uh, corgi puppy that I've been helping her raise. Um they do the opposite thing with food. Like where, whereas Hobo, if you give him food, he like takes it away from people. And is like, I don't, I don't want you to see me eat. Yeah. Agnes will like run and get a mouthful of kibble. And then she'll like run to you and like spit the kibble out on the ground <laughs> and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. It's, it's just funny. funny stuff. Um, That's funny too. That that's uh, the, other thing the cat therapist told us is that Ellie is a social eater. So we had to put the food in our bedroom at night and it does, it, it helps. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Well, hey, it's working. It's working. It's working. So if you got a cat uh, that is giving you trouble, but you know, you want to, you want to help them out. Cat's pajamas. I would highly recommend them out of Seattle. And she does tell uh, telehealth and everything. So you can probably get her help from anywhere. Yeah. She also looked up a bunch of uh, vets that can do like a fear free certification. So I don't really know what that means, but I guess it means, you know, you bring your animal in and it gets treated well and in a fearless, in a, a way that does not make them scared and uncomfortable. Gotcha. Yeah. Next is the pet chiropractor. <laughs> Dude, nothing's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing's out of... Nothing's out of, uh, out of the ballpark, probably. You know, I don't, I don't know. Here we are. Um, Colin and Jeremy, this is going to be earlier, and I, I just ask that you please turn your camera on for, for a bit here for my life update. Okay. Oh. What we got going on here? Yeah, what's... Uh... You're not, you're not wearing hats, but I'm going to take... Clayton, can you please take your hat off? <laughs> sure. Kind of oh, yeah, we're all super stoked about the Super Bowl, right? Hell yeah, Kansas City. Okay, we're going to say a quick <laughs> prayer and farewell for the Eagles season. Mm. It was very good. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. Great the show. Go Birds. Boring ending. The refs made it boring, but the refs did not win the game. 
it could have gone that way either way, but I don't, I don't, that call was unnecessary and made the ending boring. That's my only gripe. Mm-hmm. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs> you can go. Uh, we are dismissed. <laughs> and I hope that Philadelphia didn't burn too thoroughly. No. I mean, I mean a, a few, few police horses probably got punched. At least. I mean, Rihanna's halftime show was good. Decidedly yeah. tame. Mm-hmm. No, like wild guest stars or huge set pieces. I kind of liked it. It was just like, she's going to play and that's going to be it. Yeah. You know, kept it to the essentials and uh, focused on the music. Yeah. That's my life update. You know, I was just focused on the my, my Eagles. They tried. They were close. Jalen Hurts played, played as hard as he could. He did. Yep. He did. One bad fumble. The rest of the game, he was on fire. Yeah, it was a really good game, too. It was really competitive, high scoring. It was fun to watch. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, live up- updates are over. What are we talking about? Because we haven't really decided that, but I'm down for any of the options that we have in front of us. Oh, we're talking about Lovecraft Country. Figure it out. Lovecraft. Finish it out in February. First up. So. We're going to talk about Lovecraft Country. Clay, what is Lovecraft Country? Lovecraft Country is based on a book by the same title. Um, who's the author, Colin or Jeremy? The guys. Wait, can't remember the author. Who day? I was going to say H.P. Lovecraft, but there were far too many black people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not H.P. Lovecraft. Matt Ruff. Uh, Matt, he rough. Ruff, rough. Yes. So done by HBO. Um, and it is the story of Atticus, who is a war veteran, an African-American war veteran who returns home after the war um, and kind of tries to help his family deal with the adversity of the times. Again, this is the, you know, early 50s uh so obviously not a great time to be African-American in America. Um, and his uncle George is creating a travel guide for people of color to move safely around America uh, by documenting businesses, towns, uh, even roadways and everything um, where they are welcome and safe and supported. Because uh, this is still a time that it's crazy to think that this close in our history it was a time of like sundown counties but that was a very real thing and so the horror starts there and from there it goes a little more into his namesake lovecraft country with a bunch of crazy cosmic horror and uh without getting too into too many spoilers that's basically the show that's how it starts out they set out trying to uh, build upon this travel guide for people of color and they run into some crazy cosmic hijinks and a whole bunch of racism. And from <laughs> there, it, it goes downhill. A whole bunch of, yeah. um, cool. Well, we are now going to do the segment that everybody comes for, right? I don't know. I don't know if everybody comes for it. I mean, Pedro comes for it. Pedro's here for it, for sure. All day. Pedro! <laughs> Pedro comes for it. Hi, Pedro. <laughs> But we roll these dice, 
nice little D20s. Mm -hmm. I have several of them. I'm going to ask Melvin and uh, Jeremy, which one should I use? I'm thinking. Use that white one. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, blue. The white one's cool. Yellow, no, bluey. Blue. I don't blue. know about bluey, dude. Bluey? I don't know about bluey. All right, I'm using this one. Sick. We roll these d20s, and the person who gets the highest number gets to defend or, yeah, defend the thing we're talking about, which is Lovecraft Country. The person who loves the roller number rolls the lower number attacks, no matter what we think. Indeed. Here we go. <laughs> you look stoked. You're gonna win. Yeah, because I rolled a, a four, so you probably didn't even need that. Nice. Oh my god, the turntables. And I did the math after our last recording. Set up through. This is your second win of the season. Whoa. Repeat business. Better than the Eagles. It's the same amount of Super Bowls the Chiefs have won. <laughs> I want an uh, anime graphic where the yeah. Blow our whole budget on it. Yeah. <laughs> What's our budget? Like three beers? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> we'll, ca we'll cash in the three beers. Yeah. We should be able to do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Go, Trav. You, you, for the first time, second time this season, winning. I need a timer go ahead, though, because I can't see you. Jeremy, oh, timer. So we're gonna we're gonna do this thing. It's gonna get scary. It's gonna get mean. Somebody might die from all this enrollment. In three, two, one, go. Well, I mean, the first thing I'm gonna start with is this cast. So we're getting a we got an HBO produced show, right? That stars Michael Kenneth Williams, Courtney B. Vance, Jonathan Majors, Abby Lee, just a star-studded cast of like mildly big names that are climbing the ladder like jonathan majors wasn't super well known when this show first came out mm -hmm. now he is the thanos in the next level of marvel like he is Kane <laughs> the conqueror like this put him on the map made him a huge name and he deserves every bit of it because he's fantastic so i think that's really where to start with this this show is lovecraft country is impeccably well acted um very well produced and has phenomenal um, set designs for like value of the picture. Cinematography is very good. It really immerses you in this deep South Lovecraftian world that starts peeling back the layers. Um, and then to get into kind of one of my first little things that I thought was really good with the social commentary of the show is I love that, yes, it's weird and kind of does take a lot of unexpected turns later in the season, but what I think it does is it, it really ties you to this narrative of the group of these primary characters never being able to escape, like, the oppression of the group that's tormenting them. So, like, you have uh, the Braithwaite family, uh, that's that Jonathan Major's character Atticus is like somehow related to and every time he thinks that he's like free of the Braithwaite thing every time he thinks he's free of this Cthulhu level cosmic horror um, 
it just keeps creeping into his life in like different strange ways. And I think that's what the show does. And what that does is mirror how, I don't know, I can't comment as much on it, but like how what I think the writers were doing is saying like, this is oppression for minor minority groups. Like they get free of it. They climb out of the bad hole. They find this like light at the end of the tunnel. And then it's still there and still pulling them back into the darkness of this cosmic horror. So I think it was like horror is always at its best when it's used as social commentary. I could really nerd out about this and probably will in mm-hmm. our next discussion, but um, I think that's what this show is doing very well is using those roots of horror. George Romero is the like a really good example of that, and I think it, it's. Lovecraft does the same thing George Romero did. Is, is the zombies were not the scary thing. The scary mm-hmm. thing was the society the zombies were born from. And that's what it was commenting on rather than just, oh, scary thing. So I think Lovecraft does that with high production and great performances. Yeah. I, I Again, I can't speak a whole lot on how it actually feels to be the victim of systemic racism, obviously. Um, but I do think they did a good job of that in the show. I can't really take that away from it. Uh, what I can take away from it is like a lot of the other stuff they tried to do, which was way too much. I think this show did the same thing that American Horror Story did and that so many other shows have done that just makes them go from excellent pieces of work and social commentary and creativity into like this just mishmash of too many concepts that like cannot possibly be distilled out from each other you know they they start off with a really good through line when they go down to the Braithwaite estate uh, they run into the creatures in the woods they're in the mansion everything is pretty cohesive for the first like five episodes even the like the third episode where they get the house they sort of start to go a little bit in a different direction um but they're still very much uh rooted in their overarching narrative of like systemic racism social oppression and the fact that people are cut off by these like superficial uh superficial invisible barriers that are based solely on biological traits like skin color um but then it starts to get into time travel and it starts to get into shape shifting and it starts to get into all kinds of these crazy wacky things and i think they did the same thing again as american horror story where they just have so many things to keep track of so many storylines too many characters and it really detracts from the power of the message in the show i think and that was my biggest issue with it i like for example the the daughter um the youngest girl the i guess she's the cousin of atticus i believe yeah because it's yeah the cousin she was like barely a character until her her episode where she gets you know almost killed or whatever and then she ends up being really important in like the last three episodes or whatever but until then you like barely knew who as a character so even though the episode where she was kind of the center of attention was maybe the creepiest in terms of like horror element the like stakes were not that high for me for her because i was like it was 
it wasn't quite fridging because she didn't you know spoilers i don't want to give away spoilers too many but we always do on the show i guess so it's not quite fridging because he doesn't actually die but i feel like you're just automatically supposed to care that she's gonna die because she's a kid you know and to me that didn't read as like the show you know that the rest of that show is pretty powerful well-developed characters the daughter i think kind of slipped through the cracks but they tried to pretend she didn't and they did that with several other things as well but that's my biggest gripe i think with especially with like her character yeah maybe you're right but to me that said like even the even the people on the fringes of atticus's family aren't safe and that's kind of where i was still getting that social commentary of like Oh, you think, like Atticus has, I think, from what I got from his character is this narrow view of like, if I get out of this, then then I'm out and everybody else around me is out. And the show continually reminds you like, no, like, mm-hmm. this is going to keep following everybody who's related to you, everybody outside of that, because the family and the curse and the thing that's ch- chasing you and oppressing you and horrifying you is never satisfied with just you like so mm-hmm. i thought it was doing that with some of those minor characters that it brought in later and even some of the more wacky elements like you're saying but i also think that's just it's hard to take any cosmic horror to screen and i think sometimes that happens where it is a lot because it is described like the way cosmic horror is described in writing is near on like near impossible to translate i think to screen and i think this does the one of the better jobs of it because there is so much to it there's time travel there's shape shift like that's all normal in the cosmic horror realm that's all normal in the brain of the person this show is named after lovecraft who himself was very racist um but yeah. like that's all well, part of that horror he created um and to translate it to screen gets a little choppy and a little difficult and i think they played a pretty good balancing act it just does maybe overload sometimes but i really think that's the genre itself when when it's put to film rather than yeah i don't know i think he could have done without the entire time travel narrative personally um i mean they tied it uh they tied it in at the end, but uh, some of the stuff with like the mom goes to the future and fights the, the future lady with the blue afro and then becomes the future lady with the blue afro kind of thing. And I don't know, I wasn't the biggest fan of all that. I thought it was a little bit of a sidetrack that more distracted from the relevance of the story than, than anything. Um, yeah, it was too much, you know? It was like in American Horror Story Asylum, they had to like add aliens and werewolves. It wasn't enough to just be in an asylum and have demons. That wasn't enough. They had to do time travel too, you know. They already had like these well-established cryptid creatures that by the way, just disappear from the narrative completely for like seven episodes until they're relevant again. And then now they're Atticus's pal. Uh, they show up to Deus Ex Machina, the cops. And it was just kind of, I felt like later in the show, that happened more and more. Oh, <laughs> 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 
Let's go. Cool. I don't want to rag on this movie anymore or this show anymore. We hate transitions. Yeah, transitions are for jerks. Yeah. All right. Lena, it's not for jerks. Where pairs Clay with Lovecraft Country? Blackstripe. Hey, From Metier Beer at uh, Brewing. The uh, first black brewery black in Washington State. In Washington State. Mm -hmm. Coconut yeah. Porter. Coconut oh. Porter. Blackstripe. Let's do it. Excellent. Thank you, Special Brews. Yeah, yeah thanks, Special, special Brews Linwood. This. Do you have a question? Yeah. I don't know. Show up. <laughs> Useless. If, if, if that, that, you know? Just. Yeah. Just. What are you uh, getting after there today, Trav, while we pour this delicious coconut porter? Yeah, yeah what, what do, do you, you have? Something comparable You know what I never thought would be a problem? Finding shitty beers. But that, you know, there's not a whole lot of them out there in gas station. Um, <laughs> in your neighborhood. Yeah. I got actually a good beer this time from Bunkhouse Brewery. Oh, their winter, winter Wit. Winter mm. Wit. Vintervit. Oh, that's his. The growler is not. But yeah, Bunkhouse Brewery is in Bozeman, beautiful Bozeman, Montana. It's right. They have two locations, one in Belgrade and one in Bozeman, right next to Um, So sometimes we walk. They allow the corgi in there. So sometimes we walk and play some solitaire, grab a brew, and the bartenders all pet eggs. I mean, they would. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers team. Hope you fermented. Cheers. FF. Even, even though it is a good beer, we don't mess with tradition. Oh, well, there he goes. <laughs> oh, oh, what a man. man. Wow. I feel embarrassed to be on the same stream as this guy. Hey, hey look. look. Nobody, nobody thinks less, less of you because, because you're, you're not, not doing, doing that. that. That's it. You guys don't. You guys wouldn't want to, you know, because you're not doing it either. It's kind of flat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good for chat. Yeah, yeah, that makes it easier, man. How was it? It was good. Well, good. It's a good, it's a good belt. Uh, Good Belgium. Mm. It's kind of my go-to when I go there. Like if I don't feel like I'm trying anything new, I just go with the winter red. Mm. Solid, solid Belgium. I gotta say, Metier knocks it out of the park again. Three for three. This is basically just yeah. this is basically basically cold coffee. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, coconut. These guys slay, man. Mm -hmm. This is really good beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the ones we've had from them. Yeah, like it's just it's so well balanced mm -hmm. you know it's not overpoweringly hoppy or you know coffee dark or too bitter too sweet yeah and i usually find porters too sweet so mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to drink a coconut porter because i love coconut yeah it's delightful fun fact mm -hmm. he likes coconut 
anybody likes cooking. I knew that. Yeah. Get right out of town. I knew I recognized First thing out of the womb, coconut. Just every day. <laughs> couldn't keep him off of him. You couldn't. Um, you couldn't. You could keep me out of them, right. though. Side baby hands. Right. What? Oh, wait. We have two segments. For yeah. That. Yeah. Come on. Whoa. Not so easy to be the host, is it? No, it's not so easy. Dosey Doe, he said earlier in the show. He said, let's not do the Dosey Doe. Yeah. I'm better than you, he said. Yeah, he said that. Colin. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> now he's over there. Now he's over there staying above it. All right. Wow. So. I think you'll derive much more joy out of Lovecraft Country if you know about the fact that it's based on Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft, circa 1900, crazy writer, writer of weird fiction. Uh, it's hard to not encounter his stuff nowadays. Um because it's all over the place, like in Rick and Morty and Call of Cthulhu, an actual board game, and I, I have it over here somewhere. Um, so anyway, that's what Lovecraft Country is actually a reference to, like, the sort of weird universe that he created, uh, you know, like 50 years before Stephen King did his thing with his sort of, you know, fictional place where most of his stories take place. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft was doing that too. Um, I've read a bunch of his stuff and I didn't get that sense of like Lovecraft country, like a place, but certainly it does make sense that like he exaggerates a bunch of stuff about the, um, about like New England and that's where his stuff takes place. And there's lots of references to things that are around there that are unique to there. Um, and so the book Lovecraft country sort of melded together a lot of the elements from his stories and wholesale stories of his, because H.P. Lovecraft basically wrote like uh, scores of short stories mm -hmm. that got published in magazines. And so that's, I think that's part of the reason why the book itself is a bunch of interconnected stories. And then the show as well is a bunch of interconnected stories. Um, it's not just mm -hmm. like one big long novel. It's not just one show about sort of one character it's it follows lots of new settings and characters and times and things like that um and uh two of the executive producers on the show were jj adrams and uh jordan peele so that kind of makes sense uh for the stylistic elements of the show and then that the book explains, that explains the lens flares <laughs> <laughs> it totally does Totally does. I had a punchline to that. That's a classic Travis Zinger right there. Absolutely. Zing. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the explanation of the show. It, I, I feel like the most incredible thing is that the book was published in 2016 and the show came out in 2020. Really? And wow. the show did not get a second season, uh, which blew a lot of people's minds. And actually, just recently, some news came out that... Um, Originally, they said it was budget problems. It was problems associated with COVID also in 2020. If you hadn't heard about that, we could do another show on that, I guess. Yeah, we could provide. And, um, but then there was a little bit of information, little rumors about some, you know, uh, Fast and Furious headbutting on the set. 
between actors, executive producers, all those folks. Uh, and there has been some recent news that actually uh, Misha Green was responsible. Uh, so she had worked on a bunch of stuff like Heroes prior to this, uh, a whole bunch of shows. Um, and uh, apparently she was impossible to work with. <laughs> According to like several writers that wrote for the show, but those are you know just rumors. Hmm. Okay, we love a little tea. A little bit for you. That's it. That's all the fun yeah. facts. Well, now, what you like? Do rumors have facts? facts? I don't know. It's a fact that it is a rumor. Hey, he did say that it was a rumor. That's true. Um. I do like that you mentioned the H.P. Lovecraft thing because, I don't know, I think it's, that is an element I love about this. And like, it's a, it's both an acknowledgement of Lovecraft's like deep, fascinating cosmic horror world, but also his very, very problematic uh, reviews. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it later for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll be great. great. Hold that thought. Hey, Jeremy. Oh, oh, me. God, uh, you have thoughts, right? Oh, boy, do I. Speaking of cosmic horror. Oh, yeah. Jeremy, look at these horror. glyphs on paper. I'm from this planet, I swear. <laughs> from this human world. I mean, this world. You sound like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> we both said Zuckerberg. I mean, he's a lizard. <laughs> yeah, if you had to pick a person that's definitely a lizard person, it's, it's the Zuck. <laughs> I mean, that's Lovecraft. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. It's a Lovecraft country. Right. Now, first of all, I think this is the first time I get to, get to explain my three-episode test on the show, which is great. My patented, well, not patent-pending three-episode test. <laughs> it's how I judge all television that I watch. Okay. It doesn't hook you by the end of the third episode. Don't keep watching. It's not worth it. Because at that point, you get a good sense of what the show's going to be about. I don't know if that necessarily applies here, because the first two episodes are very different from the third <laughs> episode. I mean, you've watched a Marvel movie board. at that point. I'm on board still. Uh... But you know. so why is it why is it three episodes? Is there something you're looking for in episode one? Something that you're looking for in episode two? Well, something you're looking for in episode three? It's more of something like you kind of need to. There are things you need to kind of almost ignore in the first two episodes, mm -hmm. right? Because episode one, everybody's getting introduced, and all of the plot elements are being like put into motion, and you know. Even with shows that suck, like your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the first episode's going to be pretty interesting. It's going <laughs> to draw you in. Second episode, you know, it, you see a little more of what the show is going to be growing into, but you're still sort of getting mysteries explained, getting introduced to the status quo of the show. And by the third episode, you kind of see the trajectory of things, where the level of quality is going to be for th most of, like, the season. Hmm. Yeah? And that's with most shows, especially, I think it does apply more to older shows where, uh, 
the pilot episode would be filmed first before anything was sold and would look and sound and sometimes be different actors different actors <laughs> than the entire rest yeah. of the series but uh i think it still applies in this day and age so there you go three episode test this did pass my three episode test even though i have not seen episode four yet <laughs> but it still gets a passing grade because it's just i yeah uh, and you know Jonathan Majors' butt was nice. <laughs> I'm in. Great butt. Jonathan Majors is always. Like, I is, I would hope. Yeah. We'll so, to be jealous of. Have you seen the stills from Creed Three? Dude is jacked. I know he's jacked. I saw I saw Lovecraft Country the whole time. I, every time it popped on screen, I'm like, he's just jacked. I'm My God. <laughs> Did they build them like that back then? I don't think we knew how to do that at that point in time. More Jack. He got more. He's jacked more now. It's wild. All right. Okay. I'm glad this is where that went. <laughs> yes. Uh, the new official stance of the show, now that Go Birds no longer applies, <laughs> is that Major's butt is fire. <laughs> it's a major butt right there. Absolutely jocked. Just major. <laughs> it's a work of art right there. It is. It's a work of art. Yeah. My, my next note, my thought, is that I love how Lovecraft would actually just hate this show so oh, yeah. much. Oh, yeah. And f him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Like, yeah. good yeah. job on some of the horror bad job on literally all the views about society and human beings. Yeah, just just a dumpster fire of a person. <laughs> Rest in hell. Or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if you really get to do that in hell. Okay, sleep poorly then. If at all. Why awake screaming in hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do that. Unless he was a workaholic. You know, maybe it would actually be worse to rest. It could be. Is that another official stance of the show? <laughs> that Lovecraft can lie awake screaming in hell? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I endorse that. Yeah. Let's sign, let's sign that and put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else did I... Um, so, I also want to point out... This is from the, the the show starts a lot like um, and correct me if I'm the only one getting this vibe. It started a lot like what I would imagine Black Supernatural to be. His dad goes missing, and he goes on a road trip with some people to find his dad and encounters monsters and magic along the way. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I buy it. It starts as Black Supernatural. I don't I don't know if that means anything. It, <laughs> like, it probably doesn't. Uh, it certainly doesn't mean anything. Other than to point out how white Supernatural is, because Supernatural is so white. <laughs> Very white. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Come on now. There was, I don't know, what, one episode where where people were the main antagonist and not monsters or angels of the actual devil or god or whatever. And in this uh, series, it actually leads me into my final point, um, people are probably just as big a problem as the monsters for our protagonists. If not more. If not more. Probably more. <laughs> probably more. It could be more. And, you know, it does, like... The monsters seem to kill indiscriminately. Yeah, the monsters... People you know, discriminately kill. Yeah, the monsters are actually a lot more relatable and empathetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just trying to eat people in a forest. Like, which people? Like, people? Doesn't matter. They're all people to me, said the monsters. <laughs> They're eating them. It's like, oh, that's just... And then you die. But yeah, it was interesting to be watching this alongside of a show we're going to talk about later, but watching it alongside of The Last of Us, and literally I've heard some people being like, this is supposed to be a zombie show. And I'm like, no, it's it's not. Like, the zombies are there, but the people are much worse. <laughs> and that's the point. So, yeah. yeah. And like, Crap Country kind of does the same thing. But, yeah. mm-hmm. It's like tension. To, tension is very different in this show because there's never like, you're never fully in the clear at mm-hmm. any point. And so, yeah, that's a uh, that's all I got. That's my final note. Ends the notes. Snaps for Jeremy. Snaps for Colin. Yeah. Thanks for the segments, y'all. Well, Clay, you rolled rolled lower for Let's the rock. second time. This. So you you go first. What what did you actually think? Uh, I think I'm the only person who finished it. Yeah, you could have been calling you guys out. <laughs> Anyone else finished? Called out. Yeah. yeah. And I finished it because it's f***ing awesome. <laughs> and I was loving every minute of it. Um, I binged like the first seven, the first day I watched it. Oh, so geez. like seven hours of. Oh my God. I mean, I'm taking like three online classes right now. Um, so I had it on and I was kind of just like, then I would stop and like, <laughs> just watch for a while and then when it got expedition heavy maybe i would do a little more but i ended up kind of going on a tangent binging the show but it was uh yeah pretty next level um all the acting performances are top notch like you were talking about um and the thing i love most is i think that's a great point colin that they did nod to um part of what made lovecraft important to the genre of horror and to the founding of it because he really is one of the founders of the genre in america and um the the short story format i mean that was kind of the only way horror was getting told way back then a lot of the times yeah and this really did feel like a short story collection um but instead of every narrative having different characters it had an overarching uh, overarching theme which again is sort of black supernatural i see where you're coming from with that um season one was definitely like that um see and i didn't i didn't compare it to supernatural as much as i compared it to um penny dreadful yeah penny dreadful is uh, probably uh just as good of an example probably a better example because this is like well written and stuff 
Sure. Um, <laughs> but I do agree partly with what I talked about. Um, I think there is a little too much. I wasn't completely making that up. It was honestly the only thing I sort of didn't like about the show. I did feel like the um, the young girl was a little bit of a sideline character until she wasn't all of a sudden. And then she was sort of like the center of attention for a lot of it. And I do think I get the message there. Like I feel like a lot of the message in that was the generation we were focusing on for most of the show is also kind of the older generation and they have to kind of pass on how they fought through this, you know, and how you can fight through it in the future. And obviously that's a very important quote. She was reading from the book in the final episode. You guys didn't see, Um, but it does. uh, She's reading the book and there's a quote in the book that says something to the effect of uh, the power is ours. Now we have the stories now and we can tell our stories now. Um, And that idea of the ability to tell your own story is so important. And I think Lovecraft Country is very much about that um, from start to finish. That's kind of the overarching plot. Like, we're finally getting a look. Uh, Those of us who haven't had to feel that racism ourselves or be underneath that constant, like you said, tension of like just not being welcome in a place. Um, if not far worse attitude than that, but like at best sort of being not welcome and like being talked about behind your back and judged for literally everything you do. Um, that's like best case scenario for a lot of these characters. And I can't even imagine, you know, living that way. None of us can, unless we have, uh, and I thought it did a great job of translating that horror to an audience that both understands it and does it. Um, I felt like I could feel it. And I haven't seen a lot of shows that uh, were written from a certain demographic, like for the demographic, um, that made it understandable to a broad audience. Uh, Sometimes it's like, it feels like you have to be a part of that uh, to fully comprehend the horror there or the themes. And I thought Lovecraft Country did a good job of of translating it. Um, Now that said, I'm sure there's a plenty of things that, again, I don't fully understand, obviously, uh, and fully empathize with. So I don't want to overstep any boundaries or try to act like I understand all this stuff on an intimate level. I do not. Um, But yeah, from what I did understand, like you guys are saying, the monsters honestly are less terrifying than the human beings and the societal elements of the story that were scary. Like, I mean, it starts off pedal to the metal and it really never lets up because it wouldn't you know Mm -hmm. there was never a time where these characters get to be comfortable they aren't even allowed to live where they live they aren't even allowed to go in the cafe ride the bus so they're i mean they're comfortable at times which i feel like that's a problem with some other uh movies and tv shows and books and stuff where Uh, you know like they have their he comes back from the war and they have their like you know bourbon street sort of celebration Mm -hmm. you know and they all have a great time and i felt like that took a long sort of you know section of time of a show to show characters like being themselves and enjoying themselves while still layering in this family drama of she just wants money that's why she came back and uh the same in the next episode too when they're they're enjoying some time 
uh, by themselves. But of course, that gets interrupted. <laughs> That's certainly a good point. Um, all human beings, especially like human beings, it are, we know it's not going to last. <laughs> you know it's not going to last. For sure. But they definitely have their moments of hope and their moments of, uh, they overcome tremendous amounts of adversity, uh, manage to keep their chins up through it, mm -hmm. and uh, continue to be a family, support each other, love each other, and fight for what they deserve and what they believe in. And all the characters did that in their own way, even like the father. Um, so I thought... It's a really well put together show um, okay. at the end of the day and glad I got to watch it. It was awesome. Yeah. I am bummed. They didn't get a season two. That would have been sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John probably is probably going to that anyway. <laughs> he absolutely is. He's big. Um, funny. I am. I flipped. I didn't. Oh, it's gonna fight you, bro. Very, I'm very, very glad I rolled because all of my criticisms are pretty much personal preference. Of I am very picky with my horror, and the third episode killed it for me. So the the kind of like last scene with the ghost face popping up and this big like bright flashy kind of exorcism scene i hate that kind of word i do not like it mm. um i'm a slow burn creepy like lead me to that thing and build the tension to a fine fine wire and then barely show me just a little bit to make me like imagine the horror myself that's my kind of scares and i don't think lovecraft country does that i also i think it's because cosmic horror is so hard to pull off um, because it is built on the unknown it is built on the like like the unimaginable behemoth of terrifying things you're not supposed to see in my opinion i think that's where the scariness of lovecraft's world came from it wasn't from the scene but from the like what is that thing you can't imagine like what is the thing that is lying at rest beneath your feet that you're never yeah. going to see but you mm. i got there. a little bit bored by lovecraft because i read too many of these stories in a row and they're all like a highly educated white dude learning about something he's the only scholar who knows all about it and he like continues to sh go forward learning about the things that everybody told him not to look into it's every single story it's yeah, basically every story. It's just They're good, <laughs> but it is every story. I think like it's from a personal standpoint that I personal preference standpoint that I didn't continue watching the show is just because I thought it was well acted. That was not a lie. I think it is incredible, except for one. I didn't love Letty all the time. I did not think Journey Smollett killed it. Again, sometimes I thought he overacted. Again, but mm -hmm. Jonathan Majors, freaking, there's a reason that dude is getting so many roles because he knocked it out of the park. And Michael Kenneth Williams is, I mean, from his days, of, uh, what was that show? The Wire. The Wire. He's been killing it. Yeah. Um, he showed up, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah!" 
the only the only role that the only acting performance I had a few problems with was was Smollett. I just thought Letty, and maybe it was just her character that kind of annoyed me sometimes. But I thought it was a bit much of a performance. I think I think maybe this show suffered from the Game of Thrones problem, which is where you have different writers for every episode and different directors. And so you have two episodes, one right after the other, and one is completely different. Like the editing is different. The dialogue is different. The cuts are different. Like just a bunch of stuff is completely different. And so like, I think the first episode was unbelievably good. Like one of the best single episodes of any show ever, because it was like just about to get kind of boring and slow. And then it just, just so much crazy action at the end. Mm -hmm. And it manages to blend that idea of like, here's HP Lovecraft, who is like one of the most famous uh, American horror uh, writers ever. And we're going to deal with his horror at the end after we go over a whole bunch of racism in the South, (laughs) Uh, which is like a different new cosmic horror. So it's like Lovecraft redone properly um yeah and then all the supernatural stuff happens at the very end and i thought it was a great slow burn into that and then the second episode is like all right throw it in reverse baby and it was like all action immediately in the first five minutes and i was like what the hell what is going on i liked that though i liked the first two that slow burn to that action because that again that's kind of what i looked for and then, I don't know, it was the flashiness of the haunted house and the, like Clayton pointed out in his criticisms, which he liked to show more, but like they brought in a lot of cosmic horror elements and kind of assaulted the senses with it. And that's just not what I like. I will say, I think it's a hell of a lot better written than anything Ryan Murphy has ever touched. He's one of my least favorite directors. Thank you for mentioning American Horror Story because I think that's really different. <laughs> it is. Um, but sorry, go ahead. That's yeah. Basically, it is. It's mostly with personal preference that I just couldn't keep going. I I really liked the social commentary behind it. I think it was well right, well written, well acted. But that ain't my kind of horror. I like a. I like a dreadful philosophical. Like I like to leave the theater being like, "What just happened?" I have no idea. See, this is why you shouldn't watch TV shows in the theater, Travis. I rented out a whole AMC for this show. What the fuck? I thought. I mean, you got plenty of the horror that you do like. The stories just generally climaxed in a more intense and action-heavy fashion. Because I'm with you, that's my preferred brand of horror as well. And I mean, one of the best scenes in the entire show was that driving scene. And that was absolutely like, edge of your seat, where the cop is following him. Like, oh, yeah. That was terrifying. Yeah, that reminds me like, of Stephen King. You yeah. Know, like, simple, awesome. simple stuff. <laughs> just a cop chasing you. Yeah. Well, not even a cop chasing you, just like oh. a cop watching you well yeah like he's going to kill you yeah pretty much has the right to and is like give me a reason give me a reason yeah go 26 miles an hour yeah like super good that was that was a super intense 
chilling scene. I, I thought it was super well done and really established that uh, aspect of the show, which goes all the way through. That's like the people are the, the biggest problem. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the scene. You're clutching your fists, your toes, your butt cheeks, just everything. It's all clenching. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Did you guys like Letty's performance? Am I alone in that thinking? I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I think you're, you, you might be alone in that. I don't know. I'd have to watch more. I So far, I like her. So that's, uh, that's where we're at. I don't know. Maybe episode four can change my mind. Can it? Do you think it can? I don't know. I just maybe I came fresh off of I I, I would like binge watch two Viola Davis movies and that was like my <laughs> benchmark. And I, uh, I was like, yeah, you, you that might do it. it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be cool. Yeah, I don't think you, you need to have a cleanser. I mean, I do think they are caricatures. You know, like each yeah. each character is meant to sort of evoke a kind of person, a type of person. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I, you know, thought they did that well. I just, I felt a lot more subtlety in Major's performance, I guess is what, like his moments of, because they both have these moments of like doubt of weighing emotions heavy. And I thought Journey's like always played very clearly in her, like vocalizations in her face, everything. And I thought Major's, it was like little tiny things and even um, who played uh, who played Betty's sister? She was great. The actress, her, she was fantastic. And mm-hmm. I thought she had those moments of like, you know, like when she feels betrayed by her sister. There's those tiny emotions that play on her face, and I just didn't get that from Jerry. Yeah, the uh, the sister is definitely the best. Like actress in the show in my opinion she was awesome and she only gets better she gets a bigger and bigger role too um do you you guys didn't get to the shape-shifting no nobody got to shape-shifting uh the shape-shifting you guys i know it'd be more fun to enjoy it with everybody (laughs) um that's where you can really call it the graphic effects of this show um, like they, they did a great job of combining CGI and practical effects, but that's never more obvious and more present than in the sh- when it starts. They do the shape shifting stuff. You guys, it's so, so gross. Like full on human molting uh, of like all the skin. And, uh, but they did such a good job. Like it really looked. It looked Absolutely. really gnarly. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was one of the best like transformation scenes I've ever seen done in terms of like a special effects right. department. No, uh, it was amazing. Oh man! Mm. By the way, lots of shape shifting that you guys didn't. Yeah, it, there's a lot of shape shifting stuff. A lot of shape shifting. You may think one character is a character; they may not be there. <laughs> That's all I got. Classic. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I do love a good shape. Me too. I'm a big fan. Probably my favorite like creature. If I had to 
pick a type of creature. I've always loved shapeshifter creatures. Yeah. Side note, I was looking up some, uh, you know, like Seattle authors the other day. And then it was like, oh, you'll like these authors. And then I was like, okay, what's a free like ebook for something that's related to that? And I was scrolling down through this list. And then I realized that every single one of them was a werewolf novel. <laughs> Like, like the dude taking <laughs> off his skin, but he's still ripped. And then the, the chick who's like being held by another dude. And then like, they were all versions of like alpha male, alpha struggle. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, you know, uh, uh, forgetting alpha before the alpha. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. And I was like, okay. So basically you put alpha in the title and it people know it's going to be a werewolf story or shape changer. And more importantly, it will show up in the search results because that's what people just alpha. And then it just shows up. You can't have your werewolves without your alpha. A whole pack dynamic would be thrown off. Absolutely. No leadership, no structure. Alpha female, heroin alpha. Okay, I love that. So, I'm not the only alpha. I don't love shape-shifting episodes of television because I get really frustrated and like scream at the TV because they always tell you who the shapeshifter is and then the other characters don't know. And it's like, but you know. It's that yeah. guy! It's so rare to see, to see anybody, anybody in... In, in television, television shows, especially, and have any kind of plan to, to deal, deal with a shapeshifter. Other than, wait, you're not them. Doesn't Blade use UV light or something? Shapeshifter plan. He just like stabs people. What would our shapeshifter plan be? Okay. One of those UV flashlights <laughs> in their eye. If one of us is a shapeshifter, how do we identify it? Okay, so I mean. We can't, can't use this now, but this is going to be on the podcast, podcast but, but okay. okay. We, we have, have like, like... Oh, yeah, hold on. Mm-hmm. Should we be telling the shapeshifters this? We shouldn't Maybe them. Jeremy's a shapeshifter. That's why he's trying to... I mean, you don't know that I'm not. Oh, During well. bathroom break, we go over our shapeshifter plan. That's, That's good. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, Just in case. case. I mean, I, mean, I don't, don't think Adrian's a shapeshifter, but... Uh, so somebody else might be. Jonathan Majors is It's the only way to get that jacked. If I could shapeshift, I would look like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that wouldn't be so bad. Um, yeah, so when we go to break, we'll develop a shapeshifter plan. Sorry to dash your hopes, shapeshifters. Yeah. But you can't get on this show. Yeah, you're, you're not outsmarting us no. this time. You're not doing it. <laughs> nice try. Yeah, if you already yeah, have it, unless you're majors, then balls, then maybe it's all right. Or Pedro Pascal. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. that's probably fine. <laughs> I got my eyes on all y'all. Two beers. Two beer rating. Oh, that's your rating. Rating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rating. Rating. Did you got? Did you want to say anything else, Travis? Yeah. yeah. I got my rating ready, I think. Jeremy, anything else before we rate? No, I don't have anything else. I don't want to give a shade if there's too much more to work with. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. All right, Colin, two beers. Why? Um, 
Well, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to classify. You know, I think you, you drink heavily at the end of the first episode and then you drink heavily at the beginning of the second episode. You just lined it up with the action scenes. Basically when you see a Cthulhu monster, that's when you drink. Okay. You know, it's going to be a dry six, seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a great finale. You're going to be hammered. It's so much fun. Or when she screams, maybe. Maybe that's too much drinking. We can make a drinking game. Okay. That'd be fun for Lovecraft Country. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Okay. More for the break. Jeremy! Uh, I say... Do, uh... Do, do one... One episode. Just... To ten? Yes, ten. To watch all of Lovecraft Country. Yeah, watch all of I mean, if you're Clay, you, you'd be... Once watch seven it, episodes and seven drinks in a sitting. You know, do all ten for the first episode. <laughs> you can make it to episode <laughs> ten. Or a minute ten. I don't, I don't know. At that point. point. I mean, I know they drink wine. I'm trying to think how many different drinks they drink. Mm. I'm going to say, I don't drink at all until episode three and then as soon as I see the giant man with the baby head yeah you don't want to drink fixer full six giant man with the baby head and then I'm just drunkenly finishing it that was too much for you yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the, the drinking game is just uh, uh, take a shot whenever you're, you're like, like nope I don't know about that I'm not gonna lie <laughs> when I saw with the baby head, I was like, I don't think this is my kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, I would say... Oh, like Jeremy's. Yeah, beer an episode. Beer an episode. I'd have been sitting pretty by episode seven and been having a great time. Uh, I think that's a good way to do it. Correct. On to the next one. All right. Thank you to Special Brews. Thank you to Cascade Writers for making us a podcast. Special. Isn't that special? Oh, you have a special hat. Thank you, Jeremy and Colin, for setting yeah. up the show. Thank you, Travis, for tuning in and bringing this in. Thank you for everybody who listens. Because without you, we'd just be talking to these microphones. Yes, yes thank, thank you, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. If you have your own shape changer plan, let us know in the comments below. Yeah. Leave your decoy plan in the comments. So that the shape shifters think they know it's Oh, can't let them actually know. Decoy plans welcome. Call us with the real plan and say the passcode, which will be shared via a website link in the comments. Boom. I mean, I mean, we're, we're, we're not, not going to say which one, one it is, but real fans of the show don't know which don't know. link is. Yeah. If you don't know, ask Pedro. Yeah. And if Pedro says you're cool, then we will believe that you're not a shapeshifter. That's, That's true. true. That's, That's how, how we know. know. That's kind of like the first line of defense or the last line of defense of any shapeshifter plan, really. Yeah. Yeah. Backup is Jonathan Major. I don't know if he watches a show and you don't even like his yeah. 
show, so. I, I mean, I, mean, I, I hope, hope he starts, starts watching. I have this movie where just keep talking smack about a show. <laughs> but we also talk about smack that ass. We do. Very smackable. So, yeah, yeah we, we should probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either way. He should start that. After this. If he doesn't, I'll be shocked. Hey, Pedro, you, you gotta, gotta tell him. Adrian, hey, just yeah. skip to episode 13. I know we're live. Something like that. But I really need a break. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for Mented, folks, Hi, listeners, and everybody else. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.